That Blues, Royal Blue family, you've got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues, back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Trips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. We are through to a prelim. G'day, Blue Baggers, and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Jed, alongside the Bolt here. Bolt, good afternoon. I'll echo your words. Carlson into a preliminary final. A win away from the grand final. What a time to be a Blue. It's officially only gets bigger than this in two ways, and that is by winning and then winning again. That's the only levels that we can go to that we have not exceeded as of yet so it is very difficult to get any bigger than this it was a match for the ages one that we will never forget and um wow it's hard to put into words what this football club has been able to produce over the last three months bolt it is it was a generational win it was it's a win that defines a generation it does a generation starved of any form of success yep for really for 10 years but on a larger scale for 25 yep. years winning's been such a rare commodity in since the turn of the century really and that win on Friday night was it was a special you're right you will never forget it it was it, a, we a will, special special night we will be old and still remember this game yep like it crazy it's, it's you know, I feel like if we had won in any circumstances, we weren't going to forget it. But the way that it unfolded, we will now definitely not be forgetting well, it's, it. It's a historical game. It's it's a classic semi-final. It's a, it was a classic. Yeah, classic yeah. for a neutral as well. It's not just about yeah, yeah, yeah. us. Like, I think that'll be replayed for years to come. Jared Waitley said on radio on Saturday morning that he thinks that is level with the Nick Davis semi. Yeah, I think it is. I think the Nick Davis semi was, you know, that's iconic. That's an iconic yeah. AFL match. This is 96,500 people at the MCG, two of the founding clubs of this sport at the highest level. Uh, in a semi-final, you know, we haven't been there for so long. We are the sleeping giant that has awoken. And the fact that well, we back. won it that way was just... Well, he's right. It is. It is an. It, that will become an. That is. That that is an iconic AFL match. No doubt. And I guess the only difference between that and that Sydney Geelong semi in 05 was Sydney were the overwhelming favourites that night, mm. whereas Carlton have knocked out Melbourne in straight sets. Carlton go through to a preliminary final, fifteenth at round fifteen, fifteenth <laughs> on the ladder, fourth last. And now we enter the prelim final week. And it's a matter of the two most consistent teams across the season versus the two most informed teams that are remaining. 
the two wild cards, really. The complete wild cards. And I tell you what, I think most people would, I'd say, be predicting the Collingwood Brisbane Grand Final. Yep. But we don't mind that. That's, that's where these teams are at their most vulnerable. Don't sleep on the Blues. Don't sleep on the Giants. Because both teams have been beating anyone that comes across them. Doesn't matter where, doesn't matter who. Is it fair to say that Brisbane would like to play us least out of us Collingwood and GWS? I think they would yeah. definitely prefer to play the Giants to us. And yeah. I think they'd prefer to play the Pies. Well, they've beaten the Pies twice. Look, Brisbane's the only team we actually haven't beaten since Michael Voss say, started coaching. Yeah. We also haven't beaten them at the Gabba for a while. Since 2013. Yeah. So it's it's a while, but we've had some we've had some epic. But we wins haven't there. we haven't done anything since 2013. Yeah, correct, well, correct. So it's not like we've been contending and not winning, and they've had the better of us. No, no. Um, but then again, they weren't good for about five or six of those years themselves. But anyway, as yeah, we know, it, in a final, look, everything goes out the window. It's 120 minutes of football, yeah, and I think the crowd. I think the crowd's going to be almost 40, 50 percent Carlton anyway on Saturday. I it's agree. Get there by hook or by crook. It's everyone to Brisbane. So how many? So the capacity is what 36? No, I think it's 42. 42. I think. Okay, I did not. I thought it was in the 30s. Um, so it's in the 40s. There's probably yeah, going to be 42,000. There's probably going to be at least 10,000 Carlton supporters, maybe 15. Yeah. Which is massive and it helps us that, that what did you say the Broncos are playing The Brisbane Broncos are playing that Saturday night and now that our prelim's going to be at 5:15 there's probably there is you can't really go to both. So it's going to take away a bit from the Lions crowd. Yeah, which is good. It's which great. is good for us. It's great. But at the same time I do feel like the Queensland fans, you're not very... In Sydney, you've got a lot who would cross over rugby and footy, but I don't feel like it's like that in Queensland. I don't know. The Broncos are a bit of a... They're a bit of an institution there. So, I feel like even if you're semi-Broncos, you're probably going to go to the Broncos game. Yeah. But... 100%. There's going to be a lot... There's a lot of Carlton fans everywhere anyway, Mm. but this is going to be obviously on steroids. This is... You know, we haven't had a game like this to travel for. For a very long time. Like a preliminary final. Prelim finals are a very, very special week on the footy calendar. (laughs) This is the people's week. Yeah. This is the people's week of the finals. And as in, you know, the stakes are just so high. As in, we win and we're in the grand final. It it doesn't feel... It's so weird. It's obviously amazing. And I can appreciate how amazing this is. But because we've come from the base of nothing... It's happened so quickly. Like, we were just happy to make the finals, yeah. then win a final. But now we're in a prelim and you can see that the grand final's in touching distance. It's almost it's happened too quickly to absorb it all. Yeah, I, I don't think it's really kicked in. It hasn't hit that we're actually in a prelim one game away from the big dance. I just... It's wild. It's completely wild. It is a bit of a fairy tale. As in, like... You feel like the average AFL fan, the neutral, is probably wanting the Carlton flag just because of where we've come from. Oh. But at the same time, because it's Carlton, they yeah. don't want it. Oh. So, As we've said, I think it's been very eye-opening the last few months how hated... I, I think people would go for Collingwood over Carlton in the grand final. Oh, oh don't know about that. No, I do. Don't reckon. I think Carlton's resurgence has really pinched a nerve with some old Carlton haters who maybe soften the hate because there's just been nothing to hate for so long. Mm. But we do get this swagger about ourselves, don't we? We 
like to talk. We like to let them know where yeah, we are. <laughs> and we'll let them know because I said to you before the Melbourne game, I was at peace with the season, no matter what happened on Friday night. And now I'm just... I, I don't expect to go to Brisbane and win. I don't think we're going to win. But this is going to be one of those days. It's going to be so memorable because the pre-game, Brisbane is going to be buzzing. We encourage any members going, to, any any supporters going to get to the pre-game oh, function. Any pub, any yeah. pub. It doesn't matter where. The pubs along South Bank on the water, on yeah. the river, are going to be chockers. Yeah. And then you, it's a 20-minute walk to the Gabba from there. It is go, it's going to be a beautiful day. It will be... We are going to paint the town navy blue. Yeah. You know, I've been to... I remember I went to the Richmond Port Adelaide elimination final in Adelaide yep. nine years ago. Yeah. And that was an elimination final, but it was all yellow and black in the city. It was crazy before... And they got smashed. Yeah. But it was so memorable before the game, just because mm. it is... The atmosphere will be crazy. Well, we'll be in Brisbane from early morning on Saturday. Oh, yeah. We'll be there by latest midday. <laughs> well, we've all... Well, we're staying on the Gold Coast... Yeah, which it's a bit of a, from my point of view, is very much a superstition. Yeah, I don't mind it. Also, just love the Gold Coast. We've got the car. Yeah. I'm picking the car up at 10 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> oh, then we'll, you'll be at me at 10.15. Yeah, well, I've actually got to go to the airport to pick it up. Okay. But um, I'll get the car, drive back down the highway, do the rounds, pick the fellas up. We've got the eight-seater. Shit, yeah. And then we'll make the way down the highway and park it in Brisbane. All right, let's let's park this conversation for half an hour. We are going to talk everything Brisbane uh, in just a moment. But before we do that, we do need to discuss the match, dissect it, indulge in it, because it was an absolute thriller and we were on the winning side uh, inc- incredibly. And I read this scoreline out. 11-7-73, defeating the Demons 9-17-71. Uh, it's a match that we'll never forget. And I want to start with a performance that we'll never forget. Sam Walsh, 34 disposals, two goals. I am going to, and this is a big call because this guy's had some, this guy's had some ridiculous performances. Yep. But I'm going to label this the, the performance of his career, given the magnitude of the match and just some moments in this match. It wasn't even about the fact that he got 34 because it was the moments that he stood up in that this will be remembered for because it was just, it was, it's, it's almost, it's Judd areas from 2013. It's the same sort of thing. Like I think when you watch this match back in years time, you will just remember Sam Walsh and how amazing he was and you'll, be able to see the moments before they happen. It was it was as good as it gets. Well, I think the general consensus going into the game was without Mackay and Martin, we needed goals out of the middle. That was the big one. We needed the midfield to hit the scoreboard and Sam Walsh stepping up with two big goals. The goal to hit the front for the first time of the match in the second quarter. Yep. And then the first goal. Yep. <laughs> and then the first goal straight after three quarter time to level yep. the scores up and just that first goal was everything in the fourth quarter. Oh, it was everything. And Mate, we, we, going into that fourth quarter, we, it felt like we were going to get run over. We're, we're on the canvas for much of that third quarter. Yeah. And Walsh just settling, and before you blink, scores were level again. So it was like, okay, here we go. We start again. And just two massive goals. Um, it was a dominant performance. It was. We've spoken. That's at, a big time player. We've spoken at length on this show about 
you know, over the last especially couple of months about wanting a little bit more from Sam Walsh in terms of him hitting the scoreboard. And I think, you know, you pointed out, was it that 2021 season? That 2021 season, because he hit the scoreboard and he was marking it around the ground, controlling the game a little bit, he was on another level. And I think that that's exactly what we saw on Friday night. Six marks, he had eight tackles, uh, his two goals, which, as you said, came in massive moments. But some of the other stats, which just pop off the page, 43 pressure acts. That is just... Dog hungry. That is dog hungry. 618 meters gained. He had six inside 50s. It was just... Yeah, it was a wild performance. For me, comfortably the best player on the ground. Yeah, yeah I agree. He was the best player on the ground. He was superb. It's everything we needed from him. Phenomenal. It was for, he was phenomenal. So we started in the midfield this week, Bolt. I want to speak about who, in my opinion, was the second best player on the ground. I usually forget the Ruckman when we're doing yeah. our individual player analysis, but this was an unforgettable performance. Tom DeConing, wowee. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Well, I guess he had to spend much more time up forward this week without Herschel and Martin. So he was almost that second tall. Tomlinson got him for most of the night and then had the cameos in the ruck. But I agree. It was a superb. His first half in particular was phenomenal to Conning. Um, And obviously got us going. First two goals for us at a time where we were looking really desperate for any bit of scoreboard. Well, it got to when you when you're twenty one to two down. Every single goal that you concede from that point onwards is just enormous because you do the last thing you want is the game to be done before it's even kicked off. So, for Tommy to kick both set shots, which were difficult, like difficult kicks given the moment and the fact that he's not the best set shot, mate. It was absolutely enormous. It was enormous, but even bigger than that. Some of his efforts in the last quarter, like, I think he can pride himself on just, you know, he has, he's had his moments over the years, but generally his career so far probably hasn't been that amazing, given he's a young Ruckman, they never are at this age, but something that he can probably pride himself on is just his moments and and his effort in the contest and below his knees as well. I think he's becoming well known for being quite good below his knees, some of those little kicks off the ground, you know, even the... I think he had seven ground ball gets. For a Ruckman, mate, that is absolutely wild. It's unbelievable numbers. Um, he had four marks. You know, he kicked his two goals. He had the 15 pressure acts, three clearances, four inside 50s. You know, he only had eight hitouts, but he didn't even ruck that much. He had 20... He was in 20 ruck contests, so... Oh, it was just one of those performances. This, for me, was an official breakout game for Tom DeConing. And for it to happen in a final, um, it's it's very exciting for us. And I think it now gives us some very high hopes going into next year. Yeah. No, it was a terrific performance. It was a terrific performance. Um, let's... Very interesting that they went with Tom McDonald. And we kind of thought they would, but Tom McDonald as the second ruck was a joke. Shaki is the sub. It's. I think it's. Well, he didn't even come on. I think it's the most. Did ridiculous. he not come up? Didn't come on. They didn't use the sub. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What? They didn't use the sub. 
I just thought we didn't see. I just thought he didn't get the ball. I didn't realize he did not come on. Wasn't activated. Oh my goodness! It's- In a semi-final, when you when you need fresh, that was the difference for us. Is Holland's fresh legs yeah. basically contributed to us winning the game? It was a thing of egos at Melbourne this week. Do we win that game? If it's it's hard to tell, but do we win that game without Holland's coming on? Well, I guess he impacted the winning goal, but yeah, it's interesting. But I think we've. Melbourne just couldn't park their egos. They said they used Shaki as pure backup in case Gorn went down with the toe injury. So if you're going to use someone as backup for Gorn, you would have just assumed Grundy would be the backup on the bench. That is wild. Yeah. That is crazy. That is wild. That's it's horrible. That's so fucked. That's fucked. That is- when I saw Josh Shaki was the sub before the game, I thought, oh, come on. Oh, no. I, don't, like, I didn't... Like- yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think, but that's crazy. Crazy. Um, all right, pin in it. Well, once again, when you're playing probably the best ruckman of the 21st century or thereabouts, you don't even have to beat him. We don't expect you to beat him. We probably just need you to go at about, even if you can get it 40-60. Yeah, it's a good result. It's going, you just got to neutralize him as much as you can. And I thought Pitonet did that. Gorn makes himself live in every option down the line. Gorn's positioning around the ground is phenomenal. But in terms of Gorn, Gorn only had the two clearances. You know, so we, we we almost took him out of the game there. And I know he missed two set shots he could have kicked, which would have made the night look worse for Pittenet. But I, I, I think Pittenet did all he could. You know, I, it's a very tough matchup. But, you know, Gorn wasn't outstanding. He wasn't... He only took four marks. So it's not like he was a genuine, you know interceptor around the ground. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I can't say Pitonet was great, but uh, he did everything we needed him to do to quell Gorn as much as possible. Yeah. No, that's that's very fair. Um, and well. the, I guess there were a couple of frustrating moments when Melbourne, there were, it would have been four or five occasions when Melbourne didn't have a ruck go up around the, gr- around mm. the ground. And I think Pitonet, the one thing I would say is just grab it and hack it. Don't f- it happened too many times that he just smacked it and it would go fall into the hands of a Melbourne midfielder. But he, there was one, there was a, I think it was a throw in about 15 out from Melbourne goal deep in the forward pocket and he smacked it down yeah. back into the, the path right. leading into the goal square. Yeah. But yeah, just grab it, man. We were very lucky not to concede a goal there. Yeah. Um. Well, the skipper who... Is basically playing with a number of injuries now. You know, we're a pretty banged up side at the moment. We are. We're completely banged up. Like I don't know if you've seen. You know, we spoke about it after the Sydney game. How absolutely cooked Acres looked, and how he could not move yeah, his again. left arm at all outside of literally when he was in the contest. Like he would run around the ground, like almost like cradling his left arm. Um, it was the same thing this week. You know, he would not be playing if we weren't in finals. I think the same goes for Cripps. I think the same goes probably for Doherty. Yeah, for sure. As, as soon as we're knocked out. Calf. As soon as we're knocked out, this big yeah. day for the surgeons. <laughs> Straight in. Straight in. But, um, yeah, it's absolutely wild, the performance of Patrick Cripps. I thought he was absolutely incredible. From the start of this match, he just really did everything he could to will us over the line. And... Watching the replay, I noticed a lot of things that I didn't notice being at the game. You know, 
the cameras get in and under all the action and some of those efforts from him around the around the coal face and just incredible moments and little one percenters I guess that make the difference in the end in a game like that it's a game of inches bolt like you win a game by two points Cripps was massive yeah just a true captain's performance nine clearances yeah, most clearances on the ground Cripper he was it was an amazing amazing performance once again from our inspirational captain all heart from Cripps just- two two goal assists seven score involvements he had six tackles um it was. That's the right word. It was inspirational for the yeah. rest of the team. That's our captain, and we go again with Crippo leading us from the front. A, a true captain's performance. Let's speak about the man who is now officially. Well, he's gonna he's gonna be remembered basically forever now. Yeah, and that is Blake Acres. Well, he's quite literally inserted himself into Carlton folklore. Blake Acres. He kicked the sealer against the Swans. And now he's gone and kicked the winner with 56 seconds remaining to put the Blues into a preliminary final, Acres. And just, well, he's a, he's just he's the Iceman, isn't he? Just comes up clutch. Kicked two goals as well. Um, I think it's crazy given how injured he is. He's, was, what was it? Was it a fractured collarbone? I, I don't know if it was fractured. I think it was more bruised or something like that. But it was okay. definitely an injury on the collarbone. Um, there was an awesome moment in the, uh, in the, in the, um, was it the second quarter or something when Salem shoved Acres on that bad shoulder and Cripps yes. just absolutely yeah. ripped him. Yeah. That's the stuff you love to see. Um, but yeah, incredible, incredible performance from Blake Acres. For me, he's probably the man of our final series behind Sam Walsh, um, I think across the two games, they've been the best two performers. Akers against Sydney won us that game with the touches and then that sealer. And now on the weekend to kick the winning goal, he's this. he will always be remembered in this final series as just... Honestly, what did you say? The Iceman? Yeah. Yeah, we'll call him that on the show now. Well, he's, he's the Iceman. Just comes up clutch and his goal... Well, there were so many thoughts. Uh, it was complete... I guess when he marked the ball at the top of the goal square, he um, it was complete pandemonium in was, the stands. Hang on, it the was, roar from the crowd yeah. was I couldn't even tell who it was. Yeah, didn't I, know. <laughs> I actually don't. I actually didn't know who kicked the goal till after the game. Oh, what? Yeah, it was just a blur. It was a blur. I had no idea. I'd, you just I, saw we kick the goal. Yeah, I just saw it was a big mark and gone. Like bodies going everywhere. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, couldn't catch my breath, but um, God, it was just amazing. I, the, the one thing that was going through my head when he marked it was go back and take the thirty. I like, take the thirty seconds, yeah. and I understand he didn't want to take the set shots. It just mounts the pressure a bit, and yeah. he would have kicked it with twenty to go, and that's the game. So at the same time, he nearly missed. I know, which we don't need to speak about. But that he could have kept running in. It was, yeah. oh, that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> that would have been unforgivable. Had he missed from there. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Sends the Blues into and you a know prelim. What? It's not like it's the first time he's done this. No. This is the second time in two weeks. It's he amazing. He did it against the Saints. He kicked a massive goal. Yes. He kicked a huge goal against the Giants. Was it last year? Oh, no, sorry. Not... Um, what was it? Um, 
Well, when you kicked that big goal for Frio on the boundary line, was that in the final no, against the Bulldogs? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was against us. Was it against us? Yes. Sorry, it was against us. But last year in the semi-final for Frio, he had 38 disposals against the Pies. Yeah. On a Saturday night. Yeah. He um and obviously you know the desperate defending last week on the line. He's just he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's our winger. One of the best wings in this competition, hands down. Um, Chera. Probably a little bit quieter, but I still thought he was quite good, Chera. Um, I think we got a real... As as much as we really could have out of a 20-disposal game. Exactly. Like it, was, it was that good. Covered a lot of ground with footy and ball in hand. He was... Um, no, it was a good game from Chera once again. He, he was so fun. Just such a consistent operator for us. He and had nine inside 50s. Yeah, which is exactly where you want him having the ball. Just driving the ball just forward. unreal. What a um, player. Four clearances as well. Five tackles. He was very, very good. The numbers very, stack up well good. for Chera. They do. They do. Uh, well, this man, he deserves a minute, just a, a, a minute of applause. Sam Doherty, really, if it's any other game in the home and away season, he subs off at halftime. His day's done, dislocates his shoulder. But no, of course, he has to come on and play the second half. And not only that, but to be the man who set up the biggest goal in this club's history, history in the ten the last 10 years. Like, this guy's every bit of a Carlton legend. It's it's absolutely crazy, I think. it's It's gotten to the point of ridiculousness with Sam Doherty. Yeah, crazy. And he set up the Motlop goal as well. How much more quarter. adversity does this guy have to overcome? I don't know. He is completely bonkers. Just... You talk about inspirational. He had his shoulder popped out. He <laughs> didn't even lift his shoulder in the team song at the end. And they've already cleared him. He was training on the weekend. He'll be there. He'll be there in Brisbane. Mate, the guy... He'll be jabbed up. It, it, yeah. Don't know what it would take for him to miss that game. Crazy. Um, but one similar to Chera, he only had 19. But gee whiz, you knew when he had the pill. Yeah. You knew when he had the pill. Yeah. Well, and obviously that mark... To set up the Acres goal, to grab it under a lot of heat from McVeigh, and then obviously McVeigh just completely overcommitted and off Doherty went. It was just, it's just so it's amazing watching that goal. You see all the Carlton fans in the background, and every you can see everyone's up, and oh, everyone's just bouncing. Up. And- I also think it goes completely underrated in the grand scheme of this year that he's just simply transitioned into this new position flawlessly without yeah, yeah, yeah. any issues. Well, he, has, he didn't even have a game where he was, like, bad and adjusting. Like, he know, just went all, straight onto the wing. Always know what you're going to get from Doherty. You could chuck the man anywhere. You could probably play him as a third tall and he'd kick a couple goals. Like, he is... Yeah, we, everyone knows what he's about and the type of player that he is. Um, uh, George. Hewitt was... Yeah, no, definitely, once again, a little bit quieter for George. But um, just does what he needs to do, little Georgie. Um, probably needs to go a little bit bigger we need, uh, next week. I think he's going to spend quite a bit of time on Neil around stoppages. We need more from George. I'm we happy probably, to say no, it. We probably do. Um, wasn't a bad performance by any means, but if you're going to a prelim, we'd like a little bit more if, without trying to be greedy. Uh, Cottrell. Well, uh, yeah, it obviously didn't reach the lofty heights he set for himself in the elimination final. But I guess, you know, players like that, 
you can't expect them to play well every week. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a quieter performance from Cottrell, but... Had five score involvements from 11 disposals. Yeah, but, you know, we know he'll see. He'll see the sun in Brisbane next uh, week. Of ab- course he absolutely will. Absolutely he will. Um, what about... Well, we should speak about the sub because he fits into this midfield group. Ollie Hollins comes on for the final quarter. This is a guy in his first year of football. He had a couple moments. First mo- final? He had, yeah, first final of his career. He had a couple moments which he would probably want to forget. But boy, oh boy, he had a moment which he will never forget for all the right reasons. He was the man involved in that famous passage of play. And all three wingers. I cannot believe the commentary. That I thought the kick couldn't have been better. McVie was streaming in the opposite direction. Hollands kicks it, weighted it just over him. I mean, it could have anything can happen in that moment. It could have been intercepted, but I thought the kick was perfect. Could have been a touch even further. Well, even if but, it was further in front of Doherty, it probably doesn't result in the goal because it means Doherty's held up on the mark. Correct. So we, it was just a bit of a hail mary, and it worked out for us. It could the kick couldn't have been better. Couldn't have been better. Nice. And he spoke about... Um, on P- Pommy had him on his show. And he, Pommy said, mate, if we're in a final, what are you doing in the moment with, you know, a couple minutes to go, we need to go. And he literally said, number one thing is composure. And I thought he was composed. There was one moment where he was and he kicked the ball into the man on the mark. But you almost don't get that final moment if you don't get the moment before. So it, it was, yeah, very, very pleasing to see. Um, and as we've spoke about at length on this show all year, this is a guy who's part of our future. He'll be there for the next decade. He's going to be, he's going to be in this team for years to come. Yep. And his brother might be as well. You never Maybe. know. Um, all right, backline. Yep. Well, one of the st- well, the stingiest backline in the league. Obviously, we're under the pump for a lot of the night, and we got lucky. They missed a couple of sodas. We know at the end, Pickett hit the post. Gorn hit the post. Fritch missed one. He usually kicks. Gorn touched Oliver's on the line, but that's all forgotten now. Oh, the, oh, the sniper. Sorry, Pickett, the sniper. The yes. sniper, yes. <laughs> Don't touch our captain. He'll miss the first week of next year. Um, More? No, he got a week. I oh, got a week? Yeah. I didn't even see that. He got a week. For which incident? The Crips one. So nothing on the McGovern no. whack at the end of the game? No, that's all right. We go whatever. whatever, whatever. See, Melbourne got too invested in Maynard this week. It was all about Maynard on Melbourne's lips. Um, Snipers got Mad Monday tomorrow, so we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> but um, no, the back Can we line, speak about the general? Well, Weedering, another tremendous game. He played on the geriatric Tom McDonald. And um, obviously, as you would expect, took him to the complete cleaner house. Um, McDonald didn't hit the scoreboard, had two marks. Weedering, on the other hand, eight marks. And there was a once again, Weedering was batted up again. I think he copped a big knock to the throat. Um, Massive knock to the throat. He was a bit wobbly at one point. We thought on half time there was an issue with his knee. But, of course, our chief on the last line of defense was always going to be there. And once again, he's got another big job ahead this week coming up against Danaher. But Weedering, what a player, what a man. What a player, what a man. There's no better way to put it. He's probably the most important player for us, I'd say. I don't. I think I think that we have shown that we can win without everyone else, except for him and Charlie. 
And given well, we have won the last two games and Charlie's been quiet, yes. I think it's now fair to say that he's the man, he's the most important player for well, us, they're, Jacob they're the bookends. And ironically, both of them haven't missed. They're the only two players not to miss a game this year. Yeah. Uh, and as we take a look, I just want to get up some of these numbers from Jacob Wiedering's performance on the weekend because it was it was special. That it definitely was. Uh, where did this... There we go. Mate. He was just everywhere. Everywhere on the weekend. He had six spoils. He had uh, seven pressure acts. How many tackles did he have? I saw that as well. Um, only had the one tackle, but, you know, just some of these incredible moments. Um, you know, just looking. There's so many. Look at these stats. So the AFL stats website has all these defensive stats. He's contested defensive one-on-ones. Won three of them, like just an incredible performance. Six rebound fifties, ten one percenters. Yep, he's a you know incredible, incredible three contested marks. Uh, Kempy, what do you think of Kemp's performance? No, I didn't think it was a good performance. Really? No, he got smashed. Joel Smith completely smashed him, and they had to move Weedering to Joel Smith after half time. Um, and I thought it was a dirty night for Kemp. Wow, didn't. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of Kemp. Well, he got smashed. It's fair enough. I didn't. I that's didn't notice him. I wouldn't have left that match thinking he got smashed. There were moments where he got beaten, but I think to say he got smashed. Well, his, opponent is a bit stiff. Mo- his opponent took um, kicked the most goals on the ground. They they had to make the change. He mm. was getting towed up. So how was his second half in your eyes? Well, once again, he ended up going to the geriatric for a little bit, and then he was actually moved forward for the last few minutes just to change it up. Yeah. And just get bodies down there to score. But um, no, I didn't think it was a great night for Kemp. He'll be there next week. He'll and be there. He'll have Hipwood for company. Yes, he will. Um, Sardi. No, another very good performance from our favourite Essendon player, Adam Sard. <laughs> um, don't, don't you ever call that him that again. No, he's our he, favourite. He's, he's our favourite. He's not an Essendon player, yeah, mate. He's a Carlton man and he's woofing us into a preliminary final. The woof on the road. It's going to be crazy this weekend. Um, yeah, well, he came, he joined the Mighty Navy Blues for a bit of success, didn't he? And boy, he's getting ever so closer to it. Six rebound 50s, 24 disposals, six marks, four score involvements from the back line, you know, three clearances. Saad was absolutely outstanding. I think, you know, his game against Sydney was better but his game against Sydney was also, in my opinion, a top five Carlton performance. So, I, I just, yeah, this was right up there. He was fantastic. And he'll be there again, doing it all again next week because he's one of our most reliable players and we know exactly what we're going to get from him. Uh, now, this man, speaking of reliable, 30 disposals again. He keeps taking his game to another level. It is the world's biggest mystery that he did not get into the All-Australian squad, let alone the 22, Nick Newman-Bolt. What an incredible performance on the weekend. Yeah, phenomenal. A phenomenal performance from Newman. 11 Just marks with his so 30 crafty. disposals. 631 metres gained. How good was his kick to Motlop in the second Mate. quarter? For Motlop's first, this little dart into the forward pocket. Three clearances, three inside 50s, six rebound 50s. 13 pressure acts, like... And we loosened him up. He didn't, four tackles. He didn't really go on that Fritch, Pickett, Neil Bullen rotation. 
You know, they were using Chincotta and Saad for most of them. They were freeing up Newman. It was great. Newman was superb. Newman is... He's completely revolutionized our back line because he fills holes. He takes intercept marks. He's a bit of everything. And I think what is so important with Newman is he's such a good ball user. So you're getting everything from him. There's no element of his game that he doesn't have right now. And... He's blanketed some of the best small forwards in this competition this year in terms of defensive one-on-one. So he's really the only defender in this comp to have beaten Toby Green this year. Like He's having one of the all-time great underrated Carlton seasons. Oh, yeah. He, he could win the best and fairest. Yeah, I think now he's looking pretty, pretty red-hot. I think to I've win got it. him like a vote behind Kerno at the top now. He's yeah. going to give it a real shame. Wouldn't that be... A historic best and fairest winner in a season where we've gone so deep into the season. Wild. Absolutely crazy. Um, who have we missed here in the back line? McGovern. McGovern. Yeah, McGovern. Oh. Well, well McGo- hang on. No, I haven't heard anyone give any credit to Mitch McGovern for his involvement in the last play of the game. Yes. Well, he created the space for Aikis to jump at the footy. Oh, just... Well, everyone really played their part, but this guy played his part. He's been awesome, and and you know, you know, we speak about positional changes. He we brought him in on big money as a forward. It probably didn't work out the way we wanted it to, so we put him down back. And you know, this is now one of the most important players in our team. Yeah, for sure. Hard to win without him. One hundred percent. And look, he had the Fritch matchup for most of the night, and I thought Fritch Fritch was very good after halftime. He was very good. Fritch is also, like, arguably the best medium forward in the comp, he though. He is. He is. And obviously, we got lucky Fritch missed a couple. But, um, no, McGovern gave us a lot of drive offensively out of the back line. Um, no, it was good. And he'll, he'll have a very interesting matchup this coming week. Uh, not sure what they'll... Uh, Probably I, gets Rayner. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like he will as well. But, um... Well, if Gunston plays, that March bank maybe gets Gunston. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Speaking of... Marchbank. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Neither, oh, here, neither here nor there. I, I was, thought our bottom six were pretty poor on the night, to be fair. I, don't, uh, I, 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 I was a fan. I, I, didn't, I didn't think he was necessarily... I don't leave this game going, yeah, he was definitely in the bottom six. Like, no, I, didn't leave I, it I just at all. thought our lesser players probably weren't... Oh, no, they weren't, mate. Our, you're 100% right in that our bottom six were not good on the night. But I just I actually don't know if Marchbank was in our bottom six on the night. But, you know, some of the other guys weren't great. But Marchbank just needs to... He lacks a bit of polish and composure. Oh, that's really that, it. That he does. He that's really it. shits the, himself when he's got the, the ball. It's the polish and composure. Oh, no doubt. And if he can just tidy that up next week in Brisbane, you never know. But uh, that's the backline. Chincotta. Chincotta. Sorry, Chincotta. Yes. Well, he obviously was on picket after halftime and had to get moved as well. They ended up putting Saad on picket because picket was probably... He's been quiet for a while, Chincotta. He was probably getting the better of Chincotta. He had to play a bit more defensively. It wasn't great, but he had a couple of huge... There was yeah, a was moment say. in the last quarter, and I know picket ended up getting the ball off the ground, but he gets a hand in going back with the flight. He, look, he'll definitely... He's, he's, I think he's locked into this team, Chincotta. He'll play up in the prelim. But yeah, he's probably just got to be a little bit better. But uh, you can't. Is this a guy who wasn't on an AFL list at the age of is it twenty five or twenty six? So he's a mature age. wasn't on an AFL list. Carlton threw him a lifeline. Talk about taking your chance with two hands, yeah, mate. 
like these stories, we're seeing them more and more in the AFL, but like for the guy to have not been on a list, didn't even have the preseason with us. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It it's, is. It's totally. It's a great story. This should be spoken about on all the footy shows throughout well, the if we, week. If we win this week, it will be. He'll be that hard yeah. luck player to find yeah. his way. But he should be already. Yeah. Um. All right, that's the defence forward line. Can we speak about Mr. Motlop? Mr. Ligon Street at 1am after the game, which we absolutely love. No, it was a good performance from Motlop after a pretty poor performance as the sub the week before. But um, no, he hit the scoreboard. Kicked two enormous enormous goals. goals. He bought the heat. Two two great goals. Um, No, Motlop was definitely the pick of the small forwards, I'd say, from an offensive point of view. And um, no, it was a pretty, it was a very well-rounded game and he has solidified his spot for the preliminary final. Which is huge. Uh, Owies. Yeah, it was a pretty poor night for Moe's, I thought. A really poor night, in fact, actually. It's, it's definitely his worst performance of the year. But as he has managed to do every single week, he kicked a big-time goal. A big-time goal. A very goal. big goal. A goal yeah, which yeah. we don't win the match without. Oh, of course. But um, no, but yeah, he has to be better. He's had a quiet couple of finals. Hopefully, he's just saving it up. But he has to be better. Um, he will be better next week because it's hard to be, it's hard. If he doesn't kick that goal, it's probably hard to be worse. Um, but he's got enough runs on the board this year that we back him in and he goes in next week and he's an important player for this team. Uh, Cunningham. Well, Cunningham's going to find himself in a very sticky situation. Obviously he was the one that was subbed off. Um, Probably hasn't had an amazing month of footy, Cunningham. But you don't love tinkering with the team. But I think with Martin and Mackay coming back in, he feels like the one that's going to be squeezed out of the side. He's in a tough situation, isn't he? I don't think he'll play the preliminary final. I think he's... I just think Motlop's performance... I think always is safe. And obviously, Fogarty's been really good. We'll touch on in a second. You feel like it's Cunningham. Um, well, what about Kennedy as well? I actually thought Kennedy was okay. I did as well. But just obviously, I don't think it was okay. I don't think it was overwhelming enough. I was going to say, unfortunately, he's in a position. I was going to say, he's in a position where he almost needed to be amazing. He had to be the man. Yeah. But, you know, he kicked a great goal. It was tough. Uh, We struggled a bit early because Lever was on top very early in the game. Also, I think Lever had three intercept marks in the first eight minutes. Yeah, like what are they doing putting Kennedy on Lever though? Well, that was always going to be the plan, I thought. I wasn't surprised by that. Hang on, I was completely surprised by that. Who do you think was going to go to Kennedy? To Lever? Yeah. I don't even know. I thought thought maybe Fogarty. Nah, nah, nah. It gives away too much height. Kennedy's 190 centimetres. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that'd be the play. After half time, I thought Lever was completely quiet. He probably was. But it killed us early. But no, Kennedy, look, Kennedy. Is there a Brisbane defender that Kennedy goes to in the same way? Um, probably not. Prob- no, I wouldn't have thought so. Lever's one of one in. Yeah, yeah, there's no one like him. In but the I comp. think you look at you know I look at Kennedy's efforts for the first Sam Walsh goal, and he just butters up at ground level. Get those two big efforts in the chain, which Kennedy was involved in. It wasn't. I thought Kennedy was actually quite okay. But it's going to be very tough to hold his spot with Martin straight back in, I'd say. 
That's who I think are the the guys getting pushed out. Kennedy Cunningham. Yeah. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Fogarty. Thought- sorry, and just sorry. Probably owe a little bit more respect to Kennedy, given that he came in underdone, hasn't played in yeah. nearly two months. No, more. Like, like Not really. since the Fremantle game. So, it's been two months at least. Um, comes in and plays in a position that he hasn't played in since 2019. And... Manages you know, I'm to not get the knocking. Job done. I don't think he was that no, no, bad no, at no, all. No. I just, yeah, it's just the way it goes. Unfortunately, at this time of the year, um, every fog, selection is going to be under the microscope. Or the fog. He's re-signed, both re-signed for a year, which another is awesome. year, very well earned. Amazing. He was on the football scrap heap. Really, I think it was just a foregone conclusion. He wouldn't be there next year, but um, he'll be there in 2024. And it was another really good performance. I thought he's he's not the true sense of a small forward where we rely on him to hit the scoreboard. He brings so much more to us than that. And, um, you know, 14 disposals, four tackles. It's what he needs to do. Just have a listen to these numbers. Sorry, go on. No, he's just got to lock the ball in the area, really. Just be a pest. Be annoying. As you said, 14 disposals, four tackles, four marks, two goal assists, and seven score involvements. For me, those are massive numbers. He had uh, 14 pressure acts as well. Just become a really important play for us, hasn't he? Yeah, no, he has. He's he's in. He's a big part of this Carlson system. That is the 23. Charlie Kurnow. Charlie, wow, how did I forget Charlie? That's embarrassing. Well, it was a dirty night for Kurnow. Let's not put it any other way, please. Basically on... Oh, he got completely a, slaughtered. A top, a top two to three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Full back in the comp. I know, but he's a top... Well, he's forward in the game. The, the top forward. Yeah, so he got his pants pulled down, Kerno. He was completely smashed. But he's going to be we're, we're, a know, raging bull. He's been smashed in both finals. And it's not going to get easier. He's going to have Harris Andrews for company. Would, yep, he'll have Harris Andrews. Um, just got to probably get the ball a bit closer to home. We'll get Harry back. It's a bit more coverage for him. Hopefully, Harry's massive for him. It is, I agree. It's that's the difference. I agree, and hopefully, like always, we're just saving it for when we need it. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, that's the twenty-three BNF votes. Let's fire him out. Well, another win, which means we start from the five. <laughs> it has to be Sam Walsh at five. Yes, it has to be I've Tom DeConning at four. I've got the same. It's two. Newman at three. It's Cripps at two, and it's Weetering at one. I've gone at Cripps, Weetering, Newman. As Sorry, I've actually went Weedering 3, Crips 2, Newman 1. Lovely. Um, but the same 5. I think it was a pretty straightforward 5. You could have probably had a couple of other guys in there. But, wowee. It was a, it, those 5 in particular were exceptional. Uh, Twitter questions, Bolt. You beauty. We're back. Let's start firing them off. Get it loading. Um, where is it? Here we go. Okay, there were a lot this week, so we will do our best to uh, to get through them all. Paul Walsh says, no question, nothing I say will do it justice. <laughs> and uh, I think I can agree with that. Jimmy Westham, top of the league. <laughs> well, he probably has to change that now, but Jimmy West... Oh, sorry. Jimmy Westham, top of the league for 21 hours, Faz. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Very just, good. That is awesome. Which game does Charlie go bang in, the prelim or the grand final? Hopefully both. <laughs> hopefully but both. The most important game is always the next one. So hopefully the prelim. 
Ben says, I loved how Akers and McGovern were camped in the goal square for that last goal. Do you think it was tactical or just how the mayhem unfolded? I, think, I just think it's how it unfolded. It's good presence of mind, footy IQ. Get the out number ahead of the ball if you can see it's going that way. AM says, is Blake Akers the best recruit ever for a third round pick? Yeah, it's hard to... No one else screams off the page like the impact Blake Akers has had for Carlton, do they? It's crazy. Andrew Draper says, Bolt, TDK, my question is, can you say you were wrong? This is the game we have waited for. He's still very young for his position, probably at least broke even with Gorn, and the pairing with Pidanet could become a real weapon moving forward. I don't think I was wrong at all, because he's been very poor for two years. And I never said he'd be a bad player. I just said for the time of comment, he was not up to it. And I was justified by that. He was dropped for the final two games of last year, spent a bit of time in the twos this year. So... I think the clubs agreed with me that he wasn't performing at a level, but he performed at a very strong level on Friday night, and it's unreal to see. It is. It is massive to see. Uh, Jeremy Cruz says, at what point did you think that we've lost this game, and then when did you say we've got it? Say that again, sorry. At what point did you think that we had lost the game, and then at yep. what point did you think we won it? Never really felt like we're going to... I didn't think we were the better team on the night. I, I, I no. never really thought we were overwhelmingly going to win. But I think the time where I probably thought... From where I was sitting, it looked like Oliver's shot was well in. It looked like it was well yeah. over yeah, the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. So probably there, I thought, probably gone here if Oliver kicks that goal. But I guess when they were nine points up with, what, six minutes ago, I just thought it's going to be tough from here. But yeah. And then obviously... I thought we'd win it when DeConning hacked it forward at the end. Yep. Same on both accounts, I think. I actually thought, I thought going into the final quarter, at three-quarter time, I was, I'd essentially conceded the game in my own head. Mm, uh, yeah, On I the scoreboard, think, we were right in it, but in course. the actual play, we weren't. I didn't think we were going to win it, but I just thought, going to be tough from here. Uh, Hayden French. He says, SW18, absolutely blown away by that performance. Anything is possible from this mob. Yeah, it's dare to dream. Uh, Tim's Trading says, I think over the years we wondered whether this group had the physical mongrel needed when things got tough. Last night showed that they sure do. Injuries, finals, pressure, fight to the line, they sure do. They do. Michael As Joe- the Carlton Twitter said, this team never gives up. No, they don't. We've won our last four games by... Less than a kick. It's crazy. Michael Joseph says, So tonight it was March to the G's. Next week, a convoy up the Hume. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Get there any way you can. Get there by plane. Get there if by car. you need car. to start walking now, Just do it. <laughs> get to Brisbane. This is unmissable. Um, Anthony says, Who would have thought after being 15th, we would make a preliminary final? We have beyond progressed at this point. A grand final is now within reach. It is. Well, it's right there for the taking. It's incredible. QD says, how's the heart? How is your heart, Bolt? Tough. It was <laughs> a tough watch, wasn't it? It was crazy. It was, I, 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 I don't think I took a breath between the Acres goal and the siren. It was just so much happening. But golly gosh. Even like when, probably not until Chera smothered that sparrow kick and then we got it going our way and Chera just completely nullified Lever on the half forward line so well because he kind of kept the ball alive but it wasn't going anywhere. It's the seconds of... Still ticking. Incredible. I cannot believe we won. I thought that for a split second we're going to go to overtime. And I don't think I could have coped with that. 
Um, Damien says Blake Akers needs a statue. Can't argue with that. Um, Dave G says, at the end of last season, we showed glimpses, but we were weak. Lost the contest that we should have won, that we could have won, sorry. This season, we have found consistency, a way to win, and our resilience is incredible. The last two weeks, we haven't fired, but we've still won. To beat Brisbane at the Gabba, how do we find the next level? I agree. We haven't been firing the last two weeks, but we've been winning. That gives me significant hope going into next week, because if we do fire, boy, oh boy. Yeah, it'll be hot. It's going to be hot. How do we beat Brisbane? Well, just play our way. Make it quick. And they like it quick as well. They're a high-scoring team. We, we're probably not going to be able to win in a shootout. I'll say that now. Mm. Can't be shipping 15, 16, 17 goals to Brisbane. We have to make it quick, but we have to be able to set up really well behind the ball, which I'm confident we will. Mm. So Dave G mentioned there the difference between this year and last year. Now, I've got to come out and say that I think it was round one when we drew. I was... Mate, I was pissed because the way that last season ended and the way that we capitulated in the last two minutes of this year's first round game was almost deflating. And, you know, I think we were well within our rights to be annoyed that we hadn't rectified the issue that saw us miss finals last year. But now I can sit here and say we have, like, absolutely gone to work. And we, two weeks in a row have had to defend... We've had to basically do what we couldn't do last year in two finals, and we've been successful on both occasions. We were successful up on the Gold Coast. We were successful against the Ds the week before. It's now... It's not a fluke. It's not by chance. So well done to everyone, because it has to be acknowledged. We've completely rectified what knocked us out of the season last year. Yeah, well, there's a clear system. You know, we got the the last two weeks, we've had 25 seconds to hold a six-point lead and then 56 seconds to hold a one-point lead. And you can see the whole forward line starts high up on the 50. They all run in. And then you see, we saw Martin go back last week. We saw Kerno go back this week like he did on the Gold Coast. So there's a clear system in place. And they've been really good out of the middle, not necessarily winning the stoppage, but just... Locking it in. Just don't let the ball out into dangerous areas. Mark DT says, Is Sam Walsh recording 43 pressure acts, the most insane stat you have ever seen? And then under that was HC Stewie, who was sent a screenshot of the pressure act. Walsh had the most on the ground with 43. The next best was Oliver with 28. So Crazy. That is yeah, absolutely animalistic. Ridiculous. Um... That is ridiculous. (laughs) This is a great tweet. You can read this one out. Here we go. The narrator. Legitimately, fellas, answer this. How we all want it answered. What the fuck just happened at the MCG on Friday night? Brad, I've got no fucking idea either. It was (laughs) absolutely crazy. That was from Brad Nickel. Um, It it was... (laughs) I don't know. It was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. You can read this one out as well. Here we go. From from SC Gav. Back for another one. My (laughs) neighbours hate me, my wife. My neighbours hate me, my wife, hates me. But guess what? I don't give a fuck. Go the baggers. (laughs) Fucking, well, stick it up your (laughs) neighbours. Because it's all about the blues. Um, MF says, no questions, just love. We love that. The AFC Franco, a long time listener of this show. Um, 
Yeah, wow. Let's uh that's Twitter questions wrapped. Bolt, what an incredible win. Um boy oh boy, do we hope to be sitting here doing this again next week after another win. That would be nice. Oh, if we win next week. If we win, we can now talk about Brisbane. <laughs> Interstate trips don't come bigger than this. A preliminary final on the road. A lot of people that win the premiership say the prelim's almost a more special win than the grand final. Because it's all about the week. Just get to the week and you can enjoy your grand final week. But winning this on the road would be something else. It would be. It would be... It's going to be beautiful weather in Brisbane. It's going to be a really naughty day to be a pint of beer. I'll only be drinking Carlton drafts. We manifested all about Carlton. We're staying on the Gold Coast. We've got the car. We'll be in Brisbane by about midday. We'll be pubbing. Might even go. Might even organise a pub crawl. We're, nah, we're going to be at the pre-game. We're what, going to the official Carlton Queensland supporters pre-game, which is a get drop. around them. They put on a show last year. We were there. They did. It's a drop punt away from the Gabba. So you're right there. It will be bouncing. The place will be shaking. It will be. It will be so vibey. There'll be a big walk. The Carlton Army together to the Gabba. We'll be in Brisbane. I'm sure we'll be at a pub before that as well. On the water. Lovely. Just soak it up. This is going to be a very special week. Even if the result goes against us, the memories pre-game are going to be crazy. The roar when they run out on the road will be crazy. If we kick the first goal, it's going to be bedlam. (laughs) It's just... Yeah, it's going to be a ridiculous afternoon. And hopefully, we score more than the Lions. And we go as far as we can to the last game of the year. We're in a prelim, mate. Well, by the time our prelim comes around, there's only going to be three teams left in the season. It's a bit crazy. And I tell you what, (laughs) if those Giants get up on Friday night, I tell you what, our prelim becomes an opportunity on a silver platter. And I'm not underestimating the Giants here. We've got to give some respect to them. I'm giving them great respect. They were absolutely... I almost see last night as borderline the performance of the year. They were amazing. Port never looked like it. I... All I'm saying is if the Giants win on Friday night, our game becomes imperative. Because I back us to win the lot if we're facing... The orange tsunami on the last Saturday. Yeah, hang on, don't September. say it like that because we're very much in the tsunami for this week. We are. No, no, no. We're, like- we're, we're, in a, we're going to a place nobody's won at this year. If you can't get to Brisbane or if you are only going on Saturday, find something orange in your cupboard, get out your Carlton Respects gear, take it down to the G on Friday night and get around the Giants. 100%. 100 and we'll be watching that game up in Queensland on Friday night. We will be. You'll, you, you, you might watch it. You oh, we'll know. be watching. <laughs> You'll definitely be Not watching. Not sure if there's any Draft Stars listeners in here, but we'll be watching that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big weekend. It's, um, yes. But, oh, golly, it's such an, it's such an exciting week. It's the 26th game Carlton are playing for the season. It's, I mean, back in the day, that was... That's grand that, final. That's grand final, yeah. That's the long way round to the granny. Yeah, oh, it's it's mate. We haven't really had a chance to to soak this in yet. I think. I think as the week goes on, it'll kick in a little bit more. But I think we can look forward to the game and reflect on the season once it's all yeah. wrapped up. But being being you know making a prelim, it's you know 
because we still need to look at it in the grand scheme of things, right? We might not win the flag this year, but going forward, this is an astronomical step forward. This is setting us it up for It made up for be. not making the finals oh, last 100%. year. 100%. It's made up for it. I agree. You know, if we had made the finals this year and gone out because in the first like week, or t- if we even just won the one game, it sort of makes up for it, but half makes up for it. It's not like our timeline's been skewed here. We've now jumped a step back Correct. to where- Where we should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Question from me. Do you see us more like the Melbourne of 2018 or the Collingwood of last year? It's a great question. It's a great question. I think we're playing in a similar vein to the Collingwood of last year. Yeah, I agree. I I think the momentum as well is The story is similar to Melbourne in the terms we beat won two big finals at the G in our first finals appearance in a long time then went on the road and they got smacked in Perth. Hopefully we don't. But in terms of the way we're playing, how we're winning the belief the group's got, it's got a very similar narrative to Collingwood. And they went to the SCG last year and they nearly won. So so annoying that they didn't. Nearly. But um, we'll see what happens with us. We will. We're two results away from the biggest sporting event in Australia's sporting history. Would it be the biggest... Like, if Carlton played Collingwood in the grand final, is it the biggest... When was the last time it happened, firstly? 1981. It's 42 years ago. It is, for, yeah. It's a long yeah. time. First time since 81 that we've both been in the prelims. Yep. It's crazy. Crazy. Well, we'll oh. see what happens. It's a big week ahead. It is. We'll see you up in Queensland. How many days are taking off work? Well, we're flying up Thursday evening. Yep. So we'll work for most of that. We'll work that day. Yep. And then I don't no no just just another day we'll be up in Queensland on Friday we'll you'll be at some pub on the Gold Coast for most of the day no we'll have the no we'll see what we do you'll probably be at the Broad Beach Surf Club yeah we'll, feet up we'll see looking at the happens. waves we'll see what happens <laughs> thank you Bolt we'll be back no worries once again I really I keep saying it to you I really hope your team wins this week I hope you have a great <laughs> week and I hope that you have an enjoyable week for your team. <laughs> And hopefully next time I see you, your team's won. Hopefully the next time I see you, we're organising what we're going to do at the parade. (laughs) Thank you, Bolt. Go Blues. Go the Blues. Enjoy the week. Enjoy it. Against the famous old dark blues.